now. Welcome to another episode of the Principal Liner Notes podcast. This is episode 148, and I am often prone to doing this on the podcast, where when I am grateful to have a guest on, we end up having this great pre-podcast conversation, <laughs> and, and I realize that my guest and I have, if I'm looking at time here, we've, we've talked for about 30 minutes before uh this this episode and um and and I gosh I'm I'm just so excited that that Megan Lawson is is here with us on the Principal Liner Notes podcast. She is the director of secondary teaching uh and learning in the Cincinnati area. Uh, also, though, she is an established author and blogger and, and keynoter and consultant. And, and I'm very grateful that when Megan's um, blog, which I subscribe to, lands in, in my inbox, it's one of those that I, I read immediately and then I may highlight something and then I'll read it again a couple of days later because I'm, I'm just such a big fan of her words and, and her work. So Megan, with the utmost um, gratitude and, uh, and humility, welcome to Principal Liner Notes podcast. Oh, thank you so much for having me, Sean, and for your kind words there. And I'm just reflecting on the fact that this is episode 148. Does it shock you when you say something like that? It 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 kind of does. Um, thank you. It it uh, yeah, one forty eight. You know, this is season five, and and this was um, uh, I, I think a lot of like my my social media stuff. It starts off as an experiment, and then it becomes something uh, you know, larger or longer than than what I had intended. So, yeah, one forty eight. That's uh. Yeah, I didn't even. Th I got, wow, I didn't even think about the magnitude of that number. So yeah, thanks for pointing that out. <laughs> well, absolutely. And as somebody who has spent a lot of time in my commute to or from work, enjoying a delicious listen uh, and new learning, I want to say thank you and keep it up because I um, have de definitely benefited from the many important voices uh, that you've had on the podcast, and also just from your voice as a, a creator, educator, leader yourself. So thank you. And it's, I'm an honor. It's because of that. It's just such an honor to be here. Uh, well, the, the honor is all mine, my friend. And, uh, and I'm grateful for that. And, and I know that we've, we followed each other and, and we've been connected to, to each other for some time. And, and we have a lot of mutual connections and, and mutual friends and and the thing that um that struck me in um in just kind of re reflecting and preparing for our time together and i'm always looking for uh places where um there are places of intersection and uh, and one of the places where we intersect is is that we both have have taught english and um i'm i'm curious to see uh, especially when I when I encounter another English teacher, and I know your love for words, but but what led you to to your to that path in education? What what got you got you to go English? Uh, I'm going to teach English instead of biology or or earth science or or CTE or or, or what have you. <laughs> That's a fun question. You know, if I look back at my little self, even growing up, I found peace and solace in journaling. I was uh, a student who had experienced some trauma. I lost my dad when I was really young. I was in first grade. And I remember someone giving me a journal and telling me that this was a great outlet for some of the big feelings that I was having as a little person. And then I remember the first book I ever finished and it was the secret garden and I remember losing myself and this story of this beautiful girl in this garden and escaping through a book and then I proceeded through school I just always gravitated toward the classes where I was reading or writing and I had some math trauma that I won't get into but other classes you know were not 
as much. They did not light me up as much on the inside. And by my senior year of high school, I actually kept a a journal of every day. It's funny. I don't know if I've told anybody of this. I still have it. Every day of the senior year, I wrote one page because I knew, wow, I'm having a milestone moment here. This is going to, I'm never going to be a senior in high school ever again. I want to capture what this experience has been. And there are times that it makes me laugh. There are times that it makes me cringe what I wrote. Uh, there are other, you know, funny little things that I could read in there, but I'm really glad that I took the time to do that. And truthfully, I didn't think I ever wanted to be a teacher. And I try to share that part of my story very openly because so many people have these beautiful stories of legacy in their own families. My mom was a teacher. I always knew I was going to be a teacher. I played teacher growing up. I wanted to be a professional dancer. Uh, I wanted to go on Broadway. Mm. I was classically trained. It was, that was a the biggest outlet for me of all um, as someone who like many of us experienced hard things growing up. That was my, my place where I lost myself in the joy of dance, but I was also raised by a very practical loving single mom who wanted me to have a fallback plan because there's, you know, understandably a small percentage of the population who makes it big in some of those arts. And so, you know, I had a very uninspiring start to my teaching career. And in that I chose it because I knew I enjoyed being an English student. And I thought, well, if I can't be a dancer, maybe I can go back and teach And I did not start teaching with a passion for teaching. I grew into a passion for teaching. Mm. And sometimes I think you have to learn a little more about something in order to become passionate about it. And so, you know, for those, you know, who are listening, who might be early in their career, you know, I think give it a little time to give yourself the space to figure it out and see See if you really are uh, excited about it or passionate about it. And um, I think we should be a little more honest in those ways. And I think about that for our high school kids too, as somebody who works with middle school and high school level learners, mm-hmm. a lot of times we speak about school as this place where like you, you, uh, what are your passions? You know, it's like how we talk to me, like, what are your passions? You need experiences in order to uncover passion. And so if we can give kids more experiences, the passion will come. That is what you just said sounds to me like the the basis for, and I know it echoes a lot of your blog and and your writing. Um, and that sounds like the basis for another blog post. Frankly, you know that uh, <laughs> passion passion is something that you just can't you know pull out of out of your hat, right? And and you can't pull out and say and and yeah, we do this thing. You got to be passionate, follow your passion. But but that is really coupled with experiences that that we whether we as as a leader uh or or in, in whatever role that we have or whatever title that we have that we we have to provide that frame for and and so often i think in education we forget about that because there is that mania of of pacing guides and and um, <laughs> and testing and 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 all of the things that that go in into the the, the into that whirlpool which, which for some is is hard to get out of so so as as an english teacher how how you know were there were there literary works that uh that kind of help to fuel that passion that that you um you know maybe a few years down the line or years down the line that you engendered in the classroom oh that's a fun question so i started my teaching career teaching freshman english i taught freshmen in a semester of seniors but freshmen for four years and then i went and taught seventh grade english so i I dipped my toe into the middle school um, for four years, and which is where I really think I learned how to be a good teacher. But when I taught high school, there were books like The Good Earth. Mm. Uh, there were Barbara Kingsolver books. There were many books that I loved. But when I look back, I think I needed to find my students as interesting as I found the books I was teaching. I think that that would have changed 
the experience for my students. I, I would not say that I feel proud of the high school English teacher I was. I was young and teaching high school. And I, and for that reason alone, I think felt that I needed to be not my true self and extra strict and firm. Mm -hmm. And I feel like when I look at my high school teaching, I was much more of a read this book. I'm assigning when we're, what we're reading, we're going to talk about it. And then I'm assigning the paper and I'm going to break down how you write this paper. I'm going to grade it. And we're going to do that again and again and again. Mm -hmm. And I don't think I or my students were excited to come into that environment. Now fast forward, I teach, go to teach middle school. And my first week of teaching middle school, I learned very quickly that my initial thought that these, these students are just smaller high school students was <laughs> inaccurate. And we have students at a variety of developmental levels with different needs. And I learned to embrace that challenge and then I learned to get excited, more excited and interested in what they were excited or interested in and found ways to make class interesting that way versus I love this one book so much. And therefore, like, I hope other people will love this book so much. There's sort of this like tender juxtap juxtaposition there between us loving things as a teacher in our content. Yes, that's important because that kind of energy can shape a space. And it's really important what our kids are excited and interested in. And I think I'm not trying to villainize one side or the other. I think we do that a lot in education mm -hmm. where it's not this, you know, it's all the way this and it's not that. Um, but instead embracing what um, Tanny McGregor would call the ampersand, like the yes and the and like, and we're, you know, in middle school, I kind of found my groove a little bit about how both of those things could dance together so that I could have fun with my kids and take better care of learning. You know, that I, I had those moments, too, as as an English teacher where I would, you know, profess this unabashed love for a work or an author or whatever it may may have been and and there it was a 50 50 deal you know it, and de and it depended upon the class and it depended upon the dynamic and it depended upon the time where it it either would fall flatly with with kids and they they wouldn't get that same sort of passion and then i would be deflated and i would you know go listen to some sad frank sinatra music someplace <laughs> you know <laughs> Or, or it, it would, it would soar and, and, you know, that love, that mutual love and passion would be there. And, and then, but I would also be fascinated too, when, when there would be something that, that I didn't, wouldn't necessarily be invested in. And I knew, okay, I gotta, I gotta teach this person because that's part of the curriculum or the pacing guide or the unit or whatever. And, and kids would, would, would just jump on it and 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 wouldn't let go um i mean i i, I recall uh, or i re i would recall like when i would teach the catcher in the rye which was a you know that book that you know and everybody goes through a salinger stage right um <laughs> you know at folks from my generation and and um I was all excited to teach Catcher in the Rye, and this book is, you know, the the anthem of the youth and all the all the things. And and then I remember students saying, uh, "I really don't like Holden, you know, Mister Gaylord. Uh, he's kind of a jerk, you know." And and uh, you know, it's just it's just those kind of interesting, you know, kind of flights of of fancy. Do do you find Megan the same thing, same kind of thing that that passion and experience and and uh, and what we pour into? and how people receive it uh, translates in, into, into your, your role as, as a, as a leader. It's mm, a good question. Yes. I think I just genuinely enjoy and find people interesting. And I think when that's true, people can feel that when they share space with you. And some of my favorite people who I've encountered as leaders, as mentors, as teachers, 
they were interesting to me because they were the kind of people that found other people interesting. And I think what's really important to me, and I know Katie Martin has a whole chapter um, in learner-centered innovation on this titled teachers create what they experience. Mm. I think it's easy to forget that we are constantly modeling whether it's good or bad, what we believe is good teaching um, or a good environment or a good culture, whether that's at our staff meeting or it's at our department meeting or it's at that professional learning session. And so I think it's essential to think about what, what do we think it's critical to model and how do we also name that for people so that they can acknowledge, oh, yes, let me make that connection. This is being modeled for me. What does this look like then? in my space, in my current practice? What do I want to try just tweaking a little bit for tomorrow? Um, and so that's something that is really important to me. And I c- could have just gone off on a total tangent. That does not answer your question. No, that's fine. No, I, I no. Hey, this is informal, right? And uh, so tangents and, and, and even if we don't tackle the question, that's, that's totally fine. My friend, um, y- 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 you know, you mentioned and I and I loved how you put the you, you framed your writing and journaling and I immediately leapt to your blog when you mentioned how journaling for you when you were younger before you became an educator was that that kind of form of peace and solace. And I, I just love the I love both those words. I love the sound of both those words. I love the the um the the assonance and consonance it, oh gosh English teacher geek moment here so, <laughs> uh, let's uh, let's everybody's hurriedly turning to their their uh, their Abrams literary glossary literary terms assonance <laughs> consonance what is, what what are they saying so anyway um I just just that just just the blend of those words and uh, how how has that I would just be curious to hear about the the origin of your own blog and, and, and how it, it has, you know, there, there is to me, you know, as we said before, before we pressed record it, it, one of the things I love about your blog is the intentionality, the reflection, um, the, I, I know, um, you know, I, I just feel a lot of kinship in your words. I feel a lot of kinship in your ideas, and and it's one of those where I know, okay, I got to read your blog. It's it's like with our mutual friend Lauren Kaufman. Um, I when it lands in my my uh, inbox or when I see see it on Instagram and and when and you just or or LinkedIn and and you have that kind of the beautiful graphic that you pulled together. Um, I know this is something that I I'm willing and excited to pay attention to. I read it hurriedly because because I am I am a fan, but then I I know I have to read it again because there there's just all of these you just have a beautiful architecture in your blog and the and and the way you frame stories and the way that you fr- frame words and language very similar to Lauren, um, but but I would just love to hear about your writing process and 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 how you get to that moment where you press publish on your blog post. A fun question uh and shout out to our friend lauren for sure and yes. she does make incredible graphics that help take things that feel complex and make them uh, more digestible mm-hmm. do I really appreciate that about her writing and her graphics and yes it's always such a treat to read her writing every week i've shared a lot of what she's written to with coaches in our district we have a a coaching culture that we're really proud of in our school district mm-hmm. it says a lot about our teachers, the way that they reflect and are, are constantly um, open to new ideas and, and growing. So for me, I, I actually was inspired to start blogging because of our mutual friend, George Kuros. Mm-hmm. And, and those of you who have heard him speak, um, he does a nice job of nudging people to share their thinking um, with others. And he also does a nice job though of encouraging you to write for yourself. And I, my writing and my blog started with 
me just realizing that I wanted to capture weekly reflections. Uh, I think it's easy, you know, before I started blogging, I used to have this little notebook and it's this little tattered notebook. I still have it. And it was sort of like anytime I was in a session, a learning session, whether I got to listen to George or if I went to, and I listened to Todd Whitaker as a keynote, uh, or if I was reading a book, it was sort of just the greatest hits of the things that felt really important to me in this notebook. Well, if anything happens to this, <laughs> this notebook, that poof, that's gone. And I discovered that by blogging weekly, it's sort of an online notebook that is not just for me, but that I let other people peek into, but that I could go back and say, wow, that's interesting. Look at how my thinking is evolving because of this or that stimulus that I'm reacting to, or um, what do I believe about this particular thing, you know, that's complex in the world of school, like all things are. Uh, And for me, it just is a place where I enjoy sorting through thoughts and ideas and feelings and then figuring out it's like my little pep talk for the week. So what am I going to go into this week? thinking about um, in what little way can I just a little small move or a little small way that I'm going to be a little bit better this week. And I don't, I mean, for me, it's like my little sanctuary. It's like my little, my little moment of peace and solace, like I've said, but it also is like a little lightning bolt of energy that carries me into the next week. And there are weeks I've written every week for the last three years, I believe. Hmm. Um, and I don't dread it. I look forward to it. Some weeks I'm more excited to do it than others. But what I remind myself is that I think it's really easy when you share your writing with other people. Like I remember pushing send for the first time, like on a blog post and then posting it and, and waiting and thinking, Ooh, like what are people, is anyone going to read this? Are people going to like this? And I find that I'm at my best and my healthiest when I'm not paying attention to likes or reposts or comments. And instead I'm focused on how I feel in my work and what I'm thinking about going into the week because I made that time for myself. Yeah, that, um, and, and I'm glad that you, <laughs> You take that time for yourself because your your blog is so impactful, um, and and I know that I'm I'm one of many. Um, you know the responses that that you get, uh, and when I see comments or I see folks retweet or, or repost uh, on any of your social media channels, um, it really does it really does re- resonate and. And, and what I love about your blog post, Megan, is is that not only are you, you just it, it, it's it's artful. So you you have this kind of human centeredness uh, that that is that is just so evident, and you balance that too, uh, the humanity of of your blog posts with with our gig as educators, um, and and it um, it just speaks to so many folks on so many different levels. So I'm, I'm very grateful that, that you take the time weekly now. I mean, one episode 148 has got nothing on um, you in terms of writing a weekly blog post uh, over a three-year period and, and growing. So kudos to you. Thank you for that. I really appreciate that. I think like you and I were talking a bit before, we pressed record. It's interesting that if I do have a blog post that people seem to connect with more, it sometimes comes from my darker places. Not that I'm writing really stormy posts, but from things that are just inevitable uh, that happen sometimes or that are hard feelings that are natural when the work is hard and then how we take care of ourselves so we can get back out there and take good care of others. So I appreciate you saying that um, because I feel that that same sentiment is, is what I am getting from my, my commutes when I listen to, to you and your, your voice for radio. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Megan. And yeah, I know we talked a lot about this before, before we pressed record. And, and I think, you know, an educator 
in whatever role that it may be, whether whether you are a classroom teacher, department head, uh, principal, director of, of secondary teaching and learning, we have to have outlets in some way, right? To keep that what I, uh, you know, that peace and solace, that peace and balance in in our lives, and you know, and, and for some it 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 may be music, for some it may be you know uh, experiencing the, the the joys of Covington, Kentucky, or downtown Cincinnati. Um, we we have to find those those outlets to to express ourselves, to express ideas. And then when we do press send, whether, and I do, and you know, I, I talk about that uh, or I share that with you with the, with the podcast that when, when I'm doing the, the impromptu morning commute episode, there is something on my mind that, that I have to get out in some way. Uh, and, 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 and I have to do it in a creative and, and productive way um, to, to express it. I know you do the same thing with, with the blog post, um, we we need those outlets, and and actually, the way you framed it just now, kind of echoes one of the the elements of of your of your keynote that or one of the keynotes that you give. You know, is that our most important work is the work that we do for ourselves. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I think I think whether it's whether you're a teacher, whether you're a student in, you know, K through 12 schooling. We are whole people um, with lives outside of the, the walls of the school. And mm. I think integrating our self-work between work and home mm-hmm. and life outside of school, I think, makes for more inspired work inside the walls of the school. That's so true. And we forget that. I love I love how you frame that that we are whole people outside of the walls of the school and you know teaching and 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 leading and 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 education you know those are very selfless gigs and that in that we are pouring so much of ourselves into others whether whether you are leading a classroom whether you are leading a PLC whether you're leading a school or a department or a division or or in whatever organization that you're in, you know, we, I, I, whether you're an educator or not, I, I think all of it is we're adding something to someone or something, right? We're adding value or we're, we're adding a gift or a strength. And, you know, sometimes in, in, in the mania, the whirlpool that I was referencing, we, we forget that we are whole people outside of our, our schools. And I, that's one of the things I love about following you and your social media imprint is is you you do such a, a, a an artful job of, of of showing that that you know he, here i am in 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 this <laughs> this piece of of the world uh and and what i do uh and whether you're celebrating uh something that you're you're doing in in your own gig but then also uh just the other things that you share about about yourself and and your world and and, and what you do beyond um, the walls of, of the schoolhouse or the district. No, thank you for that. I think it's important for people to see, you know, other aspects of who we are, whether we're a teacher in the classroom or we're a principal leading a staff. I think it makes the work more fun and interesting and more inspired. Absolutely. And, and, and speaking of making the work, uh, more fun and interesting and inspired. Um, you gave me the gift of of previewing your upcoming book, which uh, I think is coming out later this year, and it's entitled "Legacy of Learning and Teaching for Lasting Impact." And you made a a just a quick reference at the beginning of our conversation uh, today to the word legacy. And, and it's a word that is a, is a recurring motif. Uh-oh, another literary term. Um, <laughs> turn, turn, turn to fourth edition of Abrams uh, to find <laughs> motif. Um, but um, but it, is, it, is, it is a beautiful book, and it is a beautifully wrought book, just as your blog is. And, and I can't wait for it to, um, 
to land in my hands in in print form and and I can't wait to go to a, a bookstore and and to see it up there uh on display but but please share a little bit about uh if, if you can uh, about your upcoming book well thank you i think the real gift was the fact that you were willing to read my book and share your feedback so thank you for spending that time with my my words and i, I was I mean, I stumble over my words talking about it because I'm just so in awe of the fact that you read it and that you had um, kind kind things to say about about that. So yeah, Legacy of Learning is supposed to come out um, in mid-October. And I love this question because I think we should practice at things we're not very good at so we can get better at it. And I've not been very good about explaining this book, not because it's some kind of complex work, but because... I'm so close to it and I care about it so much and it, ma it matters so much that it, the pressure of speaking about it becomes quite daunting. Mm. So legacy of learning is my um, way of trying to care for hardworking educators who are trying to sort through a very complex time in our profession. And I think a lot of people say, you know, these jobs used to be fun um, or they're, they're missing that joy and that spark uh, in the, in their daily work. And I think the best way I can describe what I intended in writing this book is actually, I'm going to make a connection to, to a TV show. So uh, the show is called the bear. I don't know if you've seen this this show at all, but in essence, it's a it's a story about um, chefs and a, and the restaurant industry and a family owned business, um, and trying to, you know, make ends meet and, and create a beautiful uh, new future for this restaurant. And so there's this character named Marcus, and he is a pastry chef, travels to Copenhagen to go learn um, from another chef. Um, some of the, the best techniques. And this other pastry chef, Luca, he says to Marcus, and they're side by side working on their pastries. And I think that side by side element being in the work together is also something that comes up in my book. Um, but they're just kind of in it together, side by side working. Yeah. And Luca says to him, because Marcus is asking how he became so successful. And after telling him a little bit about his experience and his journey, he says, at a certain stage, it becomes less about skill and more about being open mm. to the world, to yourself, to other people. And he goes on to say that the most incredible, incredible things that he's eaten are not because of masterful skill, but actually um, because they were inspired. Mm. And he says, you know, you can spend, and I want any educator who's listening to this, think about this in the context of school. You can spend a world of time in here, but if you don't spend enough time out there, and he doesn't finish the sentence because we all know what he means by that. Wow. And so for, for me, this book is a way to think about living an inspired life, uh, enjoying our life, not sacrificing well-being and joy and happiness for the sake of all of the things that get piled up on to-do lists or the competing priorities that sometimes are done onto us and sorting through all of that to say, what feels most important and how do I find joy in the things that feel really important and make this job manageable and fun and interesting for myself, my colleagues, the students I serve every day. Wow. That, that, that is kind of a, a, I love the connection to the bear and um, it is a show that uh, actually um, my sister, uh, one of my sisters has has recommended that that I drop everything and watch. And I haven't <laughs> done that yet. Um, and, and the quote that you shared is is further uh, impetus for me to to add that to to the queue. Um, but that that I, I tell you, you. You know, if there, if if there was anything to put on the book jacket or 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 <laughs> summarize uh, <laughs> that uh, or to put the blurb that that kind of that kind of nailed it right there. Um, have, having read the book and and savored the book, um, 
that and 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 again that's that's one of the things i love about your words is is you frame the gig differently cuz again there's there's a traditional frame to put around education and and you and 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 we talk about legacy and we talk about impact but you you really you go there and 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 you balance your own experiences and and then but then you couple it with with you know kind of next steps and and reflective thoughts which again echoes echoes the blog um you know there there are these just kind of beautiful anecdotes or beautiful observations that that you 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 put in there and and then and then you lace it with okay th- this is now it's your turn. This is where I am. Um, where where are you? You know, and 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 again, just very very much a, a a positive and inviting voice in in your words. And so you say the book is 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 going to land mid October, right? Yep, that's the hope. I don't have a specific date yet, but that is the the timeline. And I'm I'm excited. I'm nervous. Um, I something I tried to commit to in this book is not painting myself as some kind of edu hero or perfect person. Uh, I had in order, if I want to be helpful in any way to even one person, I needed to write an honest book, which means that I have to be willing to share honestly about myself, my own struggles, because I think we've on not on purpose, but I think what we've done sometimes, whether it's like social media or other places, we've shared highlight reels. And we've sort of painted ourselves as these perfect people and there are no perfect people. There is no perfect work. There's just people who care and are doing the best they can and learning and trying again. And I think if we keep not sharing our struggle or if we're not sharing as honestly about our work, we've made this work something that only perfect people do. And because there are no perfect people, like what future is that? What kids can see themselves as a teacher? What teacher can see themselves in a different role or if they are possibly interested in being a principal one day, not that everybody needs to want to do that, but who's going to want to do that if you can't see yourself in the work and you can only see yourself on the work. If you see human beings in the work. Yes. You you know, uh, wow. This may be another podcast episode or (laughs) or a series or, or a blog, you know, something, but, you know, for many years in the wake of the the rise and fall and rise or whatever of, of social media, this concept of edu hero, I think, has ha- has really led down some bad rabbit holes for, for others and for the profession. And uh, you know, we we see these highlight reels or we see these, these, uh, these staged selfies or, or whatever. Um, and, and we forget about, or, or for some reason we're, 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 we fear putting out the humanity. I, I know I'm guilty of that, you know, and, 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 and sometimes I'm, I'm very careful of what I put out there and how I frame that. But, but you, you touched upon a, a, a good nerve that, you know, this kind of shifting away from edgy hero to, to maybe edgy human yes. uh, is, is, is needed. Um, wh- why do you think it's that there is that manifestation and, or that, that manifestation of edgy hero and, and, um, and then this hesitation for edgy human, if you will. Mm. That's a great question. I think there's probably a lot of reasons. One that I can tap into now for myself personally is that being more human requires vulnerability Mm -hmm. and vulnerability is scary. But I think it's easy to see if we can be really honest with ourselves, why people aren't sharing about things they're struggling with or Uh, in the spaces that we're in, it's often because the leader has to go first Mm -hmm. in order to make struggle and sharing more normalized in a space. And so I think for me, that's why I've, I've haven't always, and I'm not like, I've not fully arrived. It's why I'm always grappling with this as I'm trying to be more brave 
and be a bit more vulnerable um, so that I can unlock opportunity for other people. None of us got into this profession to take learning from others. Um, but if we don't create spaces where we show that we're a learner ourselves, that we don't have everything figured out ourselves, that we're making mistakes ourselves, how can we ever create spaces that allow for others to do the same? And learning is messy. And we can't learn and get to deeper levels of learning for adults or students if we don't have that. If we don't have that, mm. we have a lot of artificial harmony. And that's that's exhausting in and of itself. Yes, it really is. Wow, that was beautifully said, Megan. Um, thank you for sharing that. For those that want to connect with you and and subscribe to your blog or... Uh, book you for a gig because I, I when this book hits Megan I'm gonna I'm gonna be like one of those to say hey I knew her when because I do think this book is gonna be <laughs> um I I do think you you know when I when I read this book I or when I finished reading your book I, I said I'm, I'm ready for the next one um, mm. um I I so, so I guess maybe maybe we'll put pause on follow. <laughs> following you in, in just a second but uh, you know i know the, the the first book is is coming out and I'm, I'm already putting pressure and i don't mean to but um do you have another book coming is there another book you know sometimes it happens <laughs> the writing you know where uh and, and i know uh, other authors who do this you know you, you start writing something and you go man i i, I got an idea here for another book uh, let me let me press pause on this and finish this other gig any anything after after the first book comes? <laughs> <laughs> i love that question well first let me say this uh thank you for what you just shared about my writing i'm truly touched by that and in my dedication i say it, this book is to the people who make me feel calm and capable and i want to thank you for being someone who makes me feel capable, calm and capable. Uh, and that you would say, wow, you know, that I could even write another book. Um, I'm speechless, honestly, about that. That I just am truly just moved. So thank you for that. I have some ideas recently. It's funny you asked that question. I, I have, you know, in that quote that I shared about the bear and, and being inspired by the world outside of our daily work and allowing that to inspire our work inside of the school um, has really got me thinking a little bit. So I don't have any concrete plans per se, but I'm going to sit with that notion for a little while because I feel a spark within myself whenever I'm spending time reflecting upon that. Awesome. Well, and again, that's a, that's a testament to why I greatly appreciate and value your writing because of that thought and insight and introspection that you put into it. You you craft it very beautifully with intentionality, and uh, and I think that's why your blog is has that resonance that 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 it does for me and and so many others. So don't rush anything. Uh, and don't allow me to rush you. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. So, we'll, yeah, I, I'm with you. It, it's it, if it comes, it comes, and and it will come. Um, but for for those that want to to follow and and connect with you, and and I know that that is important to your work. That when you put your words out and 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 your social media posts, that not only do you, you know, hey, here here is who I am. Here is what I have to share. But but again, there is there is a an invitation to conversation, an invitation to connection, seeking kinship. I, I do a similar thing. So how can folks follow you on uh, social media and, and, and your uh, all that you bring? Mm, thank you for that. I do think that one of the best ways to be inspiring is to be inspired by others. So I would love to connect with anyone listening. I have a my blog, my website, it's meganlawson.com. I have an H in my name, M-E-G-H-A-N-L-A-W-S-O-N.com. I'm also on Instagram. So if you enjoy memes about animals and different things, you could find that on my stories. I also post my work there. Um, Megan Lawson blog is my handle. 
And then finally, I guess we're calling it X now. You can find me uh, there at, at Megan underscore Lawson. Awesome. And I'll put all of those things in the uh, the show notes and, and such. And I would be remiss, uh, Ma- Megan, if uh, just two two quick questions uh, in in closing. And, and I know you've shared this before in, in your writing and you share this at the top of of the podcast uh i am a dance dad and uh both of um both of my twin daughters are are dancers and um one of them still um uh, dances and 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 actually this the daughter who is who still dances is a big fan of of broadway um and uh i'm just curious um what what are those shows, those Broadway musicals that uh, you 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 dream of of dancing in or starring in? Oh wow, that's a great question. Well, I was very into tap uh, growing up, so I love all of the tap heavy um, musicals. It, I probably couldn't even pick one. Um, <laughs> I have other musicals that I just love to watch. Um, You know, like you use the word dream. And I was thinking like, as far as just, if I could go watch a show every year, it's dream girls for me, hands down every year. Like I would, I would never miss it if I could get to it um, within a drivable distance, as far as being a spectator and just someone in the audience who just feel, feel their soul filled up from, from good music and talent. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think just give me all the tap musicals. I, I'm, you know, a huge fan of, you know, the greats over, you know, from my, from growing up, I would watch, you know, Gregory Hines, Xavier oh, yeah. Glover. Um, I just think tap is such an incredible uh, talent. So. Absolutely. You know, when I had hair, and I was younger, I was often mistaken for Gregory Hines. Um, <laughs> in fact, I had a, I had a buddy in, in college that would call me Gregory. So uh, I, I don't dance like him and, and may, may, may the great Gregory Hines rest in peace. Um, but uh, yeah, tap dancing, uh, a, a great art. So I, you know, and as you were say, saying that tap dance musicals, I was thinking of, you know, things like, um, you know, 42nd street, anything, yes. you know, just, uh, just that beautiful you know, singing in the rain, you know, not, not, you know, Gene Kelly was more than just a tap dancer. I mean, the guy was a genius. So, um, but, uh, Jelly's last jam. Now you got me going. Like, yeah. Here we go. Jam. Here we go. Here we go. Yes. I hey, mean, I'm not going to see a pic- Yes. <laughs> I got to see an old picture of you with the hair you're talking about too. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, we'll just keep those uh, pictures. Uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, uh, pr- proud to be bald, bald in in some way, but yeah. Um, but now, yeah, now, now I'm I'm like doing the uh, you know, dun, 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 dun. <laughs> you know, that's, I'm like I'm 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 grooving here. It's it's probably good that we're doing an audio uh, version of the podcast because. Uh, <laughs> Uh, no one is seeing my dance moves right now because I am doing a little, uh, you know, just a little Scatman Crothers, Sammy Davis hoofing right now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, that's too bad. I would love to see that. Well, well, maybe maybe at your at your next keynote or something, I'll I'll, I'll crack <laughs> it. So, um, and you also do uh, some some keynoting and uh, and speaking as well, right? I do. I really enjoy um, meeting educators and um, hearing their stories. And it is always an honor when I get to spend um, space, uh, spend time with and share space with um, different, different educators. I recently had the pleasure of connecting with the Ohio writing project uh, for a keynote. And that was particularly special in that I I'm an Ohio Writing Project person. You know, I got my master's degree, um, my master's of arts and teaching through the Ohio Writing Project. And because of all the things that we've talked about with our love of words and um, being English teachers, and uh, it was it was just really special to share share space with them. And so, yeah, I, I I just genuinely enjoy my work gets better when I get to spend time with with pe- people. It just does. 
Absolutely. And, and um, I loved seeing your posts about the Ohio uh, writing project just recently. So, and, and I know that was a really special moment for you. I felt that through, through those posts. So I was, I was happy to, uh, to see that. Um, Megan Lawson, for those of you that are, are looking for a soulful and sincere voice in the space of education, please be sure to to follow her and subscribe to her blog. And it is Megan with an H uh, and, and, and probably a good starting point is to check out her, her website, meganlawson.com. And it is M-E-G-H-A-N Lawson, L-A-W-S-O-N. I will put all of those things in the show notes. And, and uh, I'm sure that um, the upcoming book will be available for, pre-order soon and and that book is coming out on im press books and uh, uh thanks to george koros uh for uh, uh publishing that and in, in conjunction with dave burgess consulting uh inc and looking forward to seeing legacy of learning teaching for lasting impact by megan lawson and megan and i talked about this at the beginning or before the podcast how long could i go without um, making a reference to WKRP in Cincinnati. <laughs> and uh, I I think we pretty much an hour that I was able to do that. So instead of uh, WKRP in Cincinnati, it is Megan Lawson, Megan with an H in Cincinnati. Megan, thank you so much for, for stopping by the Principal Liner Notes podcast. And uh, you have an open invitation to, to come back anytime. Oh, thank you so much. This was an absolute treat. I genuinely enjoyed it. I, thank you so much for having me. Oh, the pleasure is all mine. And, and as I sign off um, with, with Megan here, the typical sign off for the podcast and and again, a nod to Megan is don't forget to share with the world your dreams, your visions, your ideas, your blog posts, because you help make the world a better place. You definitely do, Megan. And those of you who are listening, you help make the world a better place. And the world needs your dreams, your ideas, your visions, and, and your hopes and this is the Principal Liner Notes podcast. This is Sean Gaylord. Very grateful to have Megan Lawson here on the podcast. I'll catch you on the flip side. Thanks again, Megan. Thank you so much. <laughs>